It's Victory Monday here on the DK Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And guys, guys and gals, guys and gals, your Pittsburgh Steelers are 7 and 0 after the 28 24 gutsy glory, glory all everything you wanted in a Steelers Ravens win you got it in that second half comeback check defense making big plays check Ben Roethlisberger rising to the occasion check backups playing huge in the game super duper check ah this is Chris Carter, your host here of the DK Steelers podcast. We'll get to our game balls in the final segment when we redo what we do, Showtime, where we look back at the week. But huge, humongous win. It can't be overstated how big this win was. This was supposed to be the win on the Steelers' schedule that didn't go their way. They just beat the, the Browns, the, who, were, who were the best rushing attack in the NFL when they played them. Then they went on the road and took down the Titans, the, one of the last undefeated teams in the league that's not named the Steelers, in their house, 5-0, and lost the turnover by over 3 to nothing. They found a way to gut that out on the road. Then back-to-back, they have to go on the road to the division rival facing the reigning NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. And what do your Steelers do? They come out a little slow. Start with, well, I won't say come out slow. The defense came out with a pick six in the first first drive of the game. They, but, but after that, they slowed down. The offense didn't score any points until the third quarter. The defense was giving up some big plays here and there. But when it mattered, when it was on the line, they found ways to win. And that's what great teams do. Even when you're not playing at your best. You reach down, you find something inside of you to make the big plays. I used to watch a lot of those old NFL films from the 70s because my, my dad was a was a football junkie. It's why I'm a football junkie. Him being a coach, he has an excuse. I just, I just work here. <laughs> but one thing John Facenda used to say in the Steelers highlights back in the uh, the Steelers NFL films movies of the 70s he used to say great teams aren't always great they're just great when they have to be and that's what these Steelers are doing they're being great when they have to be sure this win was not perfect there were plenty of problems the Ravens Combined for 265 yards on the ground, that's the most of any opponent this season. That almost quadruples the average that the Steelers were giving up per game. They averaged 5.6 yards per carry. They only had one touchdown on the ground, which was interesting. The Steelers' defense did look leaky at times. They did give up a big play here and there. But by and large, they kept this game in, in control so that the offense could finally wake up and get into it. First half, they get the pick six. The offense is never seen in the first half. In the first half, Ben Roethlisberger had 24 passing yards. It was looking horrible. It was looking dead. This was like, okay, if this is how this game's going to go, it's a wrap. You might as well just pack your bags and call them. But nope, they found a way to, help, to hang in there. They contained... One of the best offenses. They were the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Yes, they didn't stuff them at the you know you know every, every single play like they did against some teams that were the number one rushing team in the NFL. Looking at you, Browns. 
And the Ravens, they did it in different ways. They they ran stretch runs. They ran the option. Gus Edwards made some play. J.K. Dobbins, the guy that a lot of Steelers fans were talking about, you know, maybe they wanted to draft. 15 carries, 113 yards, a pretty good day out of him. Gus Edwards, another also a good day. 16 carries, 87 yards. Lamar Jackson, 16 carries, 65 yards. It they, they they did gash the Steelers a bit there. But when you look at how a lot of those drives ended in the second half, interception, Alex Highsmith, huge interception. Three and out, punt. One first down, then a then a then a punt from the fifty. Did give up a touchdown on that other drive. Then a fumble towards the end of the, in the fourth quarter and then the end of the game. The Steelers did the doggone thing, man. They found ways to win. Huge plays all over the place. Stephon Tewitt continues to look like a monster. Nine tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. Robert Spillane with the pick six. All these guys finding the answers. And doing it the smart way, too. And Ben Roethlisberger, this was what I wanted to see from him in a game where it wasn't clicking for him. In a game where the defense was clearly teeing off on some of the things that he liked to do. And taking away those underneath passes that he's been relying on for most of the season. What does he do? He comes out and he balls in the second half. He finishes the game with 21 of 32, 182 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, no high numbers in the passing yards. Just efficiency. Just getting the ball down and making sure that, he, that he's going to get the get the ball in the end zone. And guess what? That that last touchdown drive didn't even have a running back on the field. They just came out. They said, hey, Ravens, we're coming to pass, and you know it, and you still can't stop it. That's tough. That is huge. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster leads the team in receiving again with 67 yards, but it was an even spread game. Ebron had 48, Claypool had 42 and after that, they really didn't get anybody else going in the passing game, but they need, didn't need everyone else in the passing game. You want to take away Deontay Johnson? Fine. You want to take away the check down to Connor? Fine. They weren't able to stop everybody, and that's what makes this, this offense so tough. You sleep on one guy, and he's going to find a way to hurt you, and Ben Roethlisberger is going to find a way to hurt you with him. I mean, what are we, what are we looking at here? This is, the best, this, this is the most balanced team in football. You find a way to hurt the Steelers' run defense, which has been the best in the NFL, they still find a way to beat you. The rushing offense didn't even get clicking. Uh, Connor only had 15 carries for 47 yards and one touchdown. They're, st- they're, they're finding all the different ways to win, and that's what great teams are supposed to do. Interceptions by your linebackers, and people say, oh, the Steelers, they use their linebackers in coverage too much. Well, sometimes that's the point. When you know you've got a quarterback that loves to run and isn't the most accurate and loves to hit you underneath, use those guys. And yes, that might be sacrificing something else, but it's a different look each time based on who your opponent is. The Steelers didn't use five linebackers on the field at times against other teams. They used it against Lamar Jackson because they knew they had to contain him. And oh, look at this, Robert Spillane making what? His second start in the NFL with the Steelers? Got a pick six on under his belt. Last week, lit up Derrick Henry in the hole. 
this week, pick six, the NFL MVP. I mean, I'm not saying the guy's an MVP candidate or he's in the start of the defense, but that's a heck of a role player to have. Alex Highsmith getting a huge interception in the second half, flipping the game on its head. Humongous. Isaiah Bugs coming in, filling in for Tyson Alualu. Struggled in the first half, finished the game with five with five hit tackles and a quarterback hit, but looked really good in that second half. Pressuring Jackson, maintaining his his gap. Whatever, whatever Michael Jordan secret, uh secret juice or whatever's your secret water, his secret stuff, that's what he called it in Space Jam. Whatever Michael's secret stuff they fed Isaiah Bugs at the half, they need to feed it to him more. Of course, Michael Jordan would also say in that movie, it's, it's, about, it's about what you got inside. It's about your toughness. But, man, this Steelers defense, this Steelers team is balanced and for real. And they're 7-0, and getting ready to go on the road for, a, for what, a third straight week to play the Cowboys. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to break down more of this game right here on the DK Steelers Podcast. Here on the DK Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter, running solo today. Of course, Dale and Dayon are breaking things down in Baltimore. They went to M&T Bank Stadium and saw the game live. I'm here in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll be on. I was on the final word last night, um, so check that out. Uh, we have the full video available for you on DKPittsburghSports.com. But man, again, this team finds different things that are going. On. And yes, there were certain weak spots that were here. Also, should address the injuries. Um, Kim Hayward suffered what was early on considered cramps and they didn't specify the second time. So he went down twice early in the first quarter, fourth quarter. He went down, came out, went back in. They said it was just cramps. Then late in the fourth quarter on that last drive with about eight seconds to go in the game, he goes down again and it looks rough. Um, and it looks scary and he can't walk out on his own power. But Dayon said that he saw him walking around on the sideline, full strength, maybe dragging the foot a little bit, but looked fine. We'll get more word on on him and what's going on there. I, I suspect it was probably more cramps or something along those lines. I mean, it's just it just seems seems that way, um, and uh, it doesn't seem like he's in a really bad spot. We'll see how that plays out. Tyson Alulu. Now we don't know anything about his injury. Uh, Mike Tomlin wasn't able to specify anything, so we'll see what that deal is. Um, but you know, this is a game where. This was another game where the Steelers had every right to lose this game. They would have had every reason to say, you know what? We've been doing it for six weeks straight. We can we can lose one. It's okay. It's not the season. Nah. They finished strong. They came out in the game 0-3 in third downs in the first half. They finished 3-9, and nine, so they went 3-6 they went of six in the second half. They were perfect in the red zone. The Ravens' offense was on the field 29 more plays than the Steelers' offense. And yet this defense found the energy, the stamina, 
to rise to the occasion time and time again. Man, that's guts. I know guts was my thing in the last segment, so I'm not gonna harp on it too much. But you gotta, you gotta appreciate what they're doing here. They're finding different ways to challenge people. Man, Cam Sutton coming up, forcing a tackle on, uh, forcing a fumble on uh, on on Mark Andrews. Sure, it didn't result in a in a fumble recovered, but it was one of those plays where you see the effort there. He's coming to chomp, and Cam Sutton, one of those depth players. Filling in for Mike Mike Hilton, who I thought when they announced we were expecting him to play, when they announced before the game that he was out, that I thought that might have been a key thing because Hilton has he has experienced tackling tackling Jackson in open space. He's intercepted he's intercepted Jackson. I thought that might be a problem. Sutton did not look like a liability out there. Alulu going out in the beginning of the game. It looked early on Isaiah Bugs looked like he was not the answer, but then he stepped up and found a way. Justin Lane having to bump to outside corner. I didn't see them really picking on him. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson isn't one to pick on outside corners too much, but point is, still he couldn't. T.J. Watt, beasting, doing what he always does. Five quarterback hits. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you, Lamar Jackson was definitely feeling him after the game. Also had five tackles in a sack. Bud Dupree, a sack, a forced fumble. Four tackles continues to amaze. I'm telling y'all, as much as as much as everybody should love Bud, I do think he's going to get his payday at the end of the season by somebody else. I mean, it's not not saying the Steelers don't want him. Saying that it's he's playing way too well for someone else to be like, hey, Bud, come to us. We'll pay you 120 million dollars just to rush the passer for us. We've we've seen we've seen players not put up that kind of production and get paid by opponents. I mean. Chris Hubbard come to mind on the offensive line. Antoine Randall-L come to mind at receiver. I mean, Willie Parker got a payday from Washington when he left. I mean, geez, just the guys making plays. And Minka, Minka also forcing a fumble in this game and having the key breakup on the last play of the game in the end zone, playing the football, doing exactly what you want right in the key moment. This defense finding ways to win. Joe Hayden almost had an interception. He was so close. But again, this team just, you know, things weren't going going their way all the time. Um, you know, they, they did wipe out Mark Andrews. Three catches for 32 yards on six targets, no touchdowns. The only guy that hurt them was Willie Sneed. He had five catches for 106 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, but through the air, that's the only guy that really hurt them. Devin DuVernay had one catch, 39 yards. Mark Andrews, three for 32. Boykin, two for 20. He did have a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Brown had that one three-yard touchdown, but that was literally his only catch of the game. You got to like what they're putting together, man. Well, you don't have to like it. Some people still are are like, well, they could do this. Oh, well, they could do that. Yes, every team could say that. You know, when the when the Chiefs when the Chiefs lost, you barely beat the Chargers in when they were starting a rookie quarterback for the first time in his NFL career, and, and you know they they could have said that. Also, when they lost to the Raiders, they could have said that. But they're finding they're learning lessons and finding ways to win, even when things aren't lining up for them. This was a game that the Ravens were supposed to have. They're coming off the bye week. They're at home. Lamar Jackson had a had, had the lead at halftime. 
he was 22 and 0 when he had a lead like that at half. He had a 10 point lead at half. He was 22 and 0 when having such a lead at half, and now he's 22 and 1 because the Steelers found ways and different ways. Again, you know, hey, if the run's not working, forget it, throw it out. Dink and dunk these dudes to death. And Juju Smith Schuster with the gritty, the, the 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 I love that the way that dude plays football, man. Just how tough he is, how physical he is. Going in and he's the combat catch machine. You can say whatever you want about what he does on TikTok. On the field, he comes to ball. And sure, he doesn't put up the glamour numbers, but isn't that what we were tired of in Pittsburgh? Isn't that what everyone was talking about with Antonio Brown? Saying, oh, he, he loves his stats too much. Juju don't love his stats. He just goes out and makes plays. So make up your mind. Either you wanted Antonio Brown or you want Juju Smith-Schuster. But if you said you didn't want Antonio Brown, then you better get on the Juju train because he's making it work. And I'm not saying he's going to be here for the rest of his career. But I'm saying right now he's doing everything you want of a receiver and more. Big stuff from the Steelers here. Big win. And, and they took the they took the Ravens' best shot. Lamar Jackson was running. He was making his option work. They got the ground game working on them. He threw for two touchdowns. The Ravens' defense, you know, was was making it tough for the Steelers' offense. But in all that, the Steelers weathered the storm, battled back, and won this game. And what's the best rivalry in football? And one of the best rivalries in sports. And Mike Tomlin, Jarvin Harbaugh, those two dudes don't blink when they play each other, man. It comes down to the last moment. How many times have we seen that? Last year with Juju's fumble on Marlon Humphrey, and that was when Devlin Hodges was playing. The immaculate extension. The times when Joe Flacco made a late touchdown pass. The times when Jim, when Ben Roethlisberger made a late touchdown pass. The Polamalu pick six in the playoffs. The double-digit comeback against the Ravens in the playoffs. How many times does it come down to that? It's because it's a great rivalry. And this is a great game. It was a they, we the Steelers said this. You know, everyone said this was going to be the Steelers Ravens was the game of the week. Well, they proved it. And that's the bottom line. They come. They they they, they as back-to-back weeks where the Steelers were the game of the week against a tough opponent on the road, and they won them both. Say what you want about how they won it. You can make excuses for maybe they shouldn't have gotten certain things, but they weathered the storms that were brought to them by the Ravens, the Ravens, the things the Ravens did well, and the things that were kind of, you know, awarded to the Ravens. Their first touchdown came off of a play where uh, the Steelers had them stopped again, and they the, the, the officials called a bad, uh, a bad, a bad call on Minka Fitzpatrick for a late hit that really wasn't late at all. He was he was trying to tackle Lamar Jackson inbounds, and then Hayward pushed them both out of bounds. But they were both inbounds when the, when all contact was made. So I don't understand what their problem was. But hey, again, they found the answers, and they won a rivalry game. And now the Ravens are in a must-win situation because if they fall any more to the Steelers, right now they're down what? One and a half games, two and a half games, two and a half. Technically, they gotta come into pit. They gotta hope that the Steelers drop some games to teams that aren't playing right well right now, like the Cowboys, like Washington, like the Bengals, the Browns, who lost to the Raiders laughingly. Oh, by the way, uh, I took the Raiders and Dale didn't. Ha! Huh. 
He also took the Ravens. I took the Steelers. Ha! Oh, also, I, that fantasy trade that Dale talked about that was so stupid by me. Michael Thomas didn't play this weekend, and Patrick Mahomes put up 50 points of fantasy points. So, best believe I'm giving it to Dale when he gets back on the air here. But, hey, all in all, what a great game. We got a lot more to break down here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm, don't go away yet, just yet. I'm going to do my Showtime segment, wrapping up the week, awarding my game balls, which you've been waiting for all show, of who are the Steelers' top players and who deserves those game balls after that gutsy win by the team. All that right after this. The Showtime segment here on the DK Steelers podcast. Again, your host, Chris Carter, right here giving it to you. Now, Showtime is when we, you know, before the week, I predicted who the game ball guys would be. I said who was going to show up big, and man, I was a little wrong this week. I said Deontay was going to be a Showtime guy. He didn't have anything. I said Connor was going to be a Showtime guy. He didn't do anything. I said Terrell Evans would be a Showtime guy. He didn't do anything. It's not that he didn't do anything, but he wasn't the playmaker. The playmakers were first game ball. You got to give it to him. The young man, Robert Spillane, 10 tackles. Or sorry, 11 tackles. A, a tackle for loss. Two pass breakups, a fumble recovery, and an interception return for a touchdown. Reading the eyes of Lamar Jackson, jumping the ball, and taking it to the house to start the game. And without that, the Steelers probably don't win this game. Almost had two fumble recoveries in this game when he was sliding out of bounds. If he just if he just would have held on to the ball, but hey, heck of a game from the young man making his second start in the NFL. Last week he went up against Derrick Henry, the NFL's leading rusher. This week he went up against Lamar Jackson, the reigning NFL MVP, and he acquitted himself well in both games. I'm not saying he just replace him with De- replace him with Devin Bush or replace Devin Bush with him for the rest of his career, but I'm saying. He played pretty well in those two games. And you don't got to read anything special into that. That's just what happened. And he deserves respect for doing that. Put some respect on Spillane's name. The Spillane train is for real, y'all. Game ball number two. It's got to go to Stephon it. Just a monster in the middle of this defense emerging as a true top-tier, maybe even all-pro interior defensive lineman. Nine tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. Collapsing the pocket on Lamar Jackson, forcing him to have to abandon all hope up the middle. And when he tries to escape him, Tuit keeps his keeps his gap locked down. Stephon Tuit, he's playing above the bar. He's doing everything that you're asking of him and more. Gotta love what Tuit brings to the table, man. And in a game where Hayward got injured late and he wasn't able to still produce, he still was doing it, man. So Spillane gets a game ball. Tuit gets a game ball. 
I I don't want to give all my game balls to the defense, but I really could. With TJ, he played phenomenal. Even though he just had one sack, he had five quarterback hits. Five. I could give an I will give an honorary game ball to Isaiah Bugs, though he wasn't one of the best players in this game. His stepping up in replacement of Tyson Alulu was more than commendable in the second half. Five tackles, one quarterback hit, really stepped up. And Mike Tomlin said he better step up. Because he, he, he commented on how bad his first half was. They were running right by, right where his gap was most times. I could also give one to Bud Dupree. Four sacks, or four tackles, one sack, and a forced fumble, and a pass breakup. Whew. Oh, no, not a pass breakup. I'm, I'm reading the wrong stat sheet. Sorry, y'all. Fresh out the game here. I could say Minka. The pass breakup that won the game, a forced fumble, and seven tackles. But I like to balance things out. I'm going back to the offense. And I got to say, Ben Roethlisberger, gutting it out. Taking control of this game in the second half. And I know it's lame to just give the quarterback a game ball because you could technically do that most games you play. But in a gutsy game where they needed their captain to rise up, what did Ben Roethlisberger do? Finished the game with 182 yards passing. Who cares about the yards? But he started off this game looking horrible. 24 of those yards were in the first half. So quick math, that's 158 yards in the second half against the team that was the, had the number one scoring defense in the NFL coming into this week. Probably going to change after giving up 28 points. Technically, they only give up 21, but who cares? But two touchdown passes and two huge touchdown passes. One where he read Eric Ebron over the middle. Just saw it, took advantage of it. Ebron walked in for a touchdown. The second, a perfect corner throw, throw on the corner route to Chase Claypool. Picking at what they do. Trusting Juju Smith-Schuster to get the gun, to get, to get it done. Juju Smith-Schuster, you get an honorary game ball for this game. You get it. You get all the decals, man. Juju was going down and getting the ball, going up and getting the ball, going into traffic and getting the ball, catching the ball, running through people. There was a there was a third down where he caught the ball short of the marker, and it was him and Marlon Humphrey one on one. And guess what? He ran Marlon Humphrey over, dragged him for the first down. Juju gets credit for that, but it was Ben Roethlisberger's adjustment to how he's become the quarterback he is right now that made this special. Old Ben, don't get this done because he probably focuses in on A.B. or whoever the whoever the one target was in that game and doesn't see the field and doesn't start taking advantage of where the Ravens are soft. And that's what he did in this second half, especially in that last touchdown drive. There was not a running back on the field once. I was looking back through it, and maybe I missed it on tape. Maybe someone will 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 uh, outtake me here because all I've all I've had I haven't been able to look at game passes as I record this just yet. All I have is uh, just the live broadcast, and I was able to rewind on my direct TV real quick. But um, all that all that was going on there, all all the things that he was able to do to see the field to pick pick things apart, he did it without a running back. They came out and said. In that fourth quarter drive, yo, Ravens, we're throwing the ball. Come stop us. And they couldn't. And, yeah, he took a sack that he shouldn't shouldn't have. Got sacked twice. Yeah, you could say, and there were times he missed wide open guys. There was Deontay Johnson one time on a drag route on a third down. Where I'm like, ooh, if he hits him, he could bust this play. 
mistakes are going to happen. I ain't mad. I ain't mad at just just the, the occasional mistake here and there. I would be more frustrated if I was a coach and I saw my highest paid player not getting the job done, consi- you know, consistently failing. And Ben doesn't do that. When he messes up, he's adjusting. He's finding ways to win. And Ben said early in the season, early in the training camera, he said when, when Chase Claypool makes a mistake, he fixes it. First quarter, Chase Claypool catches a ball, drags his due for the first down, and Marcus Peter punches the ball out. The Ravens are very good at that. They force fumbles like nobody's business. They go for the football. They test you. They force you to be secure with the ball. That didn't happen again for Chase Claypool, and he caught, I believe, what was the game-winning touchdown. I think it was. Mixing up my scores. But all of that happened because Ben was seeing the field, and he was being patient. And he, was, he wasn't panicking when his first read wasn't there, his second read wasn't there, when he was, wasn't able to figure some things out. He was making he was making plays, man. And it was Chase Claypool with the game winning touchdown, I believe. But all in all, showtime is about who's ready to step up in the big moments and flip the game on its head. Now Alex Highsmith also could get a game ball here with his game changing interception. Though he only finished with two tackles, so it's tough, but he gets a he gets a decal on his helmet. For those who don't know, uh, if you played if you played high school ball in college, some some places with college ball, not all college places do this, but you know if you do if you do great on offense, you get a star on one side, and you bet you get great on defense, you get a skull on another side. And when I went to Taylor Alderdice High School, we got we just got all fireballs. If you made a big block or a big tackle or something like that, you get you get decals. I had like I had like twenty of them things by the end of this my end of my senior season because I and I was the right guard. All I did was just I just loved pancaking people, man. But um, game balls got to go to Spillane, got to go to Tuit, the top tacklers and big playmakers this week. And, of course, Ben Roethlisberger for being the field general, for being the leader, for taking charge in the biggest game of this season yet. Those are my game balls. And that's showtime here on the DK Steelers podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show here. Stay tuned. we got a lot going on for you. Listen to Morning Java where DK and Dale break down the game right after it all happened in M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. DK's got his daily shot coming out. So much great stuff here on the DK Podcast Network. Subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. Doing show really helps out the network. I'll be back in your ears tomorrow with Dale talking more about this huge Steelers win. 